Now, do you remember going through a phase when you knew it all? I know. I know. <laughs> I think most of us go through it. Some get stuck in that phase. I remember going through it. I've seen it in my nieces and nephews. It seems like an attempt maybe at claiming autonomy, individuality, self-sufficiency, and maybe a sense of security. But it does so by reducing the horizons of possibilities and knowledge to the limitations of what we know or think we do. It makes life smaller, in other words. Now, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Far from reducing the scope of life, faith and obedience expanded it. Now, here are a few interpretations of this call to go out or to go forth. Let's see what you think of them. The medieval French rabbi Rashi translated God's command to Abraham to go forth as journey for yourself. He said that God was saying to Abraham, travel for your own benefit and good. There I will make of you a great nation. Here you will not have the merit of having children. You see, the point being that at times we must give up our past in order to acquire a future. Rabbi Sachs said that in his first words to Abraham, God was already intimating that what seems like a sacrifice is in the long run, not so. Abraham was about to say goodbye to the things that meant most to us, land, birthplace, and parental home, the places where we belong. He was about to make a journey from the familiar to the unfamiliar, a leap into the unknown. To, to be able to make that leap involves trust. In Abraham's case, trust not in visible power, but in the voice of the invisible God. At the end of it, however, Abraham would discover that he had achieved something he couldn't have done otherwise. He would give birth to a new nation whose greatness consisted precisely in the ability to live by that voice and create something new in the history of mankind. Go for yourself. Believe in what you can become. I find that good. I read that and I thought of our seminarian, Drew Stanley, who surprised us tonight with his presence before he goes back to the seminary. didn't know he was coming. I had the opportunity to have coffee with him just the other day. And this is an intense year. I mean, he's leaving family. And in this year... They set aside technology for all but one day during the week. That's the only time he can communicate in that way. But what I saw in him moving from the familiar to the unfamiliar was a growth that wouldn't otherwise likely have been there. Another interpretation translates go forth to mean go to yourself. The Ukrainian rabbi Zusha put it this way. When I get to heaven, they will not ask me, why were you not Moses? They will ask me, Zusha, why were you not Zusha? What God commands is a journey to the root of the soul. It's as though Abraham was being commanded to go forth from all things that make us someone else. And apparently it's only by a long, arduous, and sometimes lonely journey that we discover who we truly are. And as we know well, 
many shortcuts and false identities are offered to us along the way. Here's one last interpretation. Go forth can mean go by yourself. Rabbi Sachs said that this means being prepared to take an often lonely journey. To be a child of Abraham is to have the courage to be different, to challenge the idols of the age, whatever the idols and whichever the age. Now, this connects marvelously with a little comment in our first reading, which said, the Lord took Abraham outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. The Lord took him outside. The ancient Jewish sages said that Abraham had apparently said to God, I see in my stars that I am not destined to have children. But God said to him, leave behind, stand outside your astronomical calculations. The stars will have no influence on your people's destiny. You see, the calculations we make for our lives are often inadequate, limited, and prone to error and cultural influences. The stars mentioned here were understood as controlling powers or deities. God was helping to lift the veil of ignorance, of falsehood, of myth from Abraham and his descendants' eyes. Live according to what is true by believing in me, God was saying to Abraham. You know, I think that's part of the mysterious command to sacrifice his son, Isaac. You know, at one level, St. Paul said, well, look, he was helping to elicit belief in the resurrection of the dead. Even God could raise the dead. But it was also as though God was distinguishing himself from the false gods that required and accepted human sacrifices. The one true God does not do that. False gods, false religions, false worldviews do. Now, friends, on this feast of the Holy Family, this large narrative of God's involvement with humankind is held up for us to contemplate. From Abraham all the way to God's becoming a human being who is obedient to his parents, who themselves were obedient to God. It's as though we're being invited to contemplate in whose story we are living and acting, whose calculations are guiding our lives, and which powers and knowledge are shaping who we understand ourselves to be. You know, in this new year, prioritize God. Don't skip Mass when you're on vacation or traveling for sports. I mean, that obviously means other things, stories, calculations, etc., are taking priority. Be obedient to faith. Help your children discern their calling, their vocation, and discover who they truly are. Be courageous. Challenge the idols of our age, be it the obsession with sports and technology or the relativizing of truth from the anti-Semitism at Harvard to the approval of the Satan Club at Olathe Northwest High School, where knowledge is reduced to what humans can calculate. Humans become susceptible once again to dark deities and powers of ignorance and hate. Go forth and grow into what the world needs 
and God knows you can be.